born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. But anyway, we're in the book of Acts. Let's get into the book of Acts, chapter 2. And we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have a lot of people say that baptism of the Holy Spirit means that you're supposed to get this thrill and tingle running up and down your spine and all that, you know. Well, you know, it's like the boy when he kisses that girl the first time and the chills run up and down his spine. Uh, That is a sign of common sense leaving his body. So um, a lot of people have no doubt had this experience when they lose all common sense. But anyway, here in the book of Acts, in chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, which was 50 days from the resurrection of Christ, was fully come. And on that day, there was Jews from different parts of the world who came together and uh, spoke different languages. And the Bible says that they heard uh, them speak in their own language. So you'll notice that in verse 5 where he says, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, and notice it doesn't say and women, just a devout men out of every nation under heaven. And then in verse 6, Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. So what they were saying, they heard them speaking in their language. I don't believe this was a gift of hearing. It was a gift of tongues. They were speaking in their language. So they heard in their language. And everybody was amazed because they realized that these were Galileans that were speaking. You know, we're ignorant fishermen. So how could they be so intellectual? How could they do all of this? But anyway, he says in verse 8, And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? And then it names the country. So this is not... Uh, unknown language that they didn't know what was going on. Now, later on, you'll have people who try to say, well, this was a different type of tongues than what they had in the church. And um, I'm not uh, convinced of that. And so you'll notice in verse 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem. Now, whether or not Peter now speaking in their language where everybody could hear and understand what he was saying, or whether or not it was just to the, the people that were there that did not speak those other languages, or whether or not those Jews that spoke those other languages could also hear and understand what Peter was saying, which I believe is the case. So then he makes a statement, 
And he goes even all the way back to the book of Joel and uh, referring to the prophecy where the Holy Spirit would come upon God's people and uh, all this was going to take place. Now, it happened here. And then I want you to look there in verse 32. Look at verse 32 of chapter 2. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. So, They were not only hearing something, they were seeing something by what these people were able to do by speaking in a language they had never had to learn. And it lets you know that having received of the Father the promise. So somewhere between Acts in chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 and verse 33, the Holy Spirit had to come. It had to be the one that was prophesied, that has to be the one that Jesus had made the statement that I will ask the Father and he shall send you a comforter, a Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost right on schedule. This is why he made the statement in Acts chapter 1. He says, not many days hence the promise of the Father is coming and that they would be baptized by the Holy Spirit. So that happened on the day of Pentecost. So now in Acts chapter 2 and verse 33, this is after the fact. So we know that Acts chapter 2 has to be the fulfillment of the vow that Christ had made and uh, also to his disciples later in chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit was not many days hence. So we know the Holy Spirit has come. So this happened. Now, many people are trying to get this same experience, but this is not for us today in the sense of speaking in these tongues. Wouldn't it be so much neater if uh, we could just, you know, learn? These kids, are, they're still having to take uh, Hebrew and Greek. Well, why? Just let the Holy Spirit give it to them. Why do people have to go to language schools? Because they don't speak in their language. Because they've got to go to school and learn how to speak a language. Every missionary that goes anywhere has to. Now, you'll have some Pentecostals and so forth that will try to tell you that they have gotten the language, but they always get a language that nobody needs. If it's an unknown tongue, nobody needs it. If it's unknown, what's the purpose of it? Not necessary. So now take your Bible and turn all the way over there to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Because now, see, this was when the, the Jews were baptized by the Holy Spirit. And this was the beginning. It has to be the beginning because that's what the Bible says. This is what happened to them at the beginning. So here in the book of Acts, now we have a Gentile. And in verse 1 it says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now maybe you've heard their records. You've heard their records, the Italian band. Oh well, I thought it would get a laugh, but. I got a smile, that was about it. But he was a Italian. He's talking about being a, a Roman and a uh, centurion and so on. So, so, so he said up here in verse 2, a devout man, but lost man, and one that feared God in all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. So he prayed, he gave, 
The only problem was he was lost. And so um, he says in verse 4, And when he looked on him, he was afraid and says, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. And he says here, He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou ought to do. In other words, what do you got to do to be saved? You say, how do you know that? He didn't say that. I knew you was going to ask that. So just hold your place right there and look in chapter 11. Chapter 11. And you notice what it says in verse 14. Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be what? Ta-da. So not everything is always revealed in one place. In another place, God will give you a little bit more. So it was because God was going to send a man to these Gentiles and tell them how to be saved. And so to tell them how thou and thy household shall be saved. But now, what well, there was a problem. Peter was a Jew. And the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans or with the Gentiles. And um, Peter didn't want to go. So God had to do a work in Peter's life to get him to, to go take the gospel. So that night, uh, he was up on the housetop, and um, he had a dream. And in this dream, he had all these uh, animals come down on this big old sheet, and uh, the Lord says, take, eat. And he says, Lord, I will not. That's unclean animals. Because he told in the law, you're not supposed to eat unclean animals. Well, there's unclean animals. He said, I'm not going to eat it. And the Lord says, what I tell you to do, you better do. So, this is what he says. Look down there in verse 13 of chapter 10. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter says, Not so, Lord. Now, who's the Lord? He's the master. Here's Peter saying, No, Lord. I mean, that's like telling the boss, No. He says, For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God hath cleansed, thou shalt not call common. This was done three times, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. So Peter had seen the vision, and in verse 17 says, Now when Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. So there are some people who came to Find Simon. And so he says in verse 19, While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. And rise therefore and get thee down. Go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So now, Cornelius wants to know how to be saved. Somehow, something has happened or he's heard something, so... They sent some people down there to get Peter. And then Peter has these three men show up and says, come with me. And so the Lord has to tell him in advance, I want you to go. Now, they used to consider the Gentiles as dogs. And now he's telling Peter, I want you to go and preach the gospel to them. But he doesn't know that yet. He kind of tells, finds out a little bit later because he's going to tell them what happened. And so he says here, I sent them. Now look in verse 22. 
And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man and one that feareth God and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house for to hear words of thee. In other words, God says that there's words that Peter knows that he's supposed to take to Cornelius. And in doing so, he was going to hear how to be saved. Well, it wasn't going to be just for him. So in verse 23, Then called he them in, and lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Now there were six Jews who went with Peter. I mean, they probably couldn't believe this. I mean, Peter, an apostle, Jew, going to the household of a Gentile. So they had six witnesses go with them to verify what, what happened. So he says in verse 24, And the morrow then Cornelius waited for them and called together his kinsmen and near friends. So Cornelius was waiting. He called together his kinsmen and his friends. So he had a, a meeting. He got everybody ready. And as he walked with them, he went in and found many that were come together. He said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for it. That you ought to underline. Obedience means doing what God says now. Delayed obedience is disobedience. That's what we was told at Florida Bible College. Delayed obedience is disobedience. When you know the will of God and you should do the will of God, you probably should do it now. As soon as I was sent for I asked therefore for what intent you have sent for me. See, he doesn't even like, he looks like he doesn't know. What is the purpose? Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. Said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in a remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Now, isn't it wonderful that the Lord can tell somebody who you are, where you are, what your name is, tell them exactly where you live. Now, if they could do that with Peter, do you think God knows all that about you? He knows everything. And then he says here in verse uh, 32, in the last part of it, and shall speak unto thee. In verse 33, immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore... Are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God? So what was they commanded? What was Peter commanded to do? Well, remember the great commission, the great command, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, he was doing fine so far with the Jews. All right, now you've got to do it to the Gentiles. And so this is why uh, this next portion of scripture is so important. Because now God is going to prove that the gospel is not just for the Jews, it's also for the Gentiles. And they were to spread out and spread the gospel to everybody. So look in verse 34. Then Peter 
opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of person. In other words, the Jews are not better than the Gentiles. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So it doesn't make it fit a Jew or Gentile if they could produce this righteous fruit. But the thing is, nobody has. So everybody has sinned and everybody's going to die. Jews, Gentile, everybody dies. But if they could, then they are accepted. Otherwise, you need the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in verse 30, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began with Galilee, from Galilee, after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. Those that are alive, those are dead. Those that are saved, those that are not saved. So this is fulfilling the great commission, doing what God had commanded them to do. Now, look in verse 43. Now, remember, he's talking to Gentiles. To him, give all the prophets witness. In other words, in the Old Testament, as it is written, the Old Testament saints prophesied of this one that was to come. And it says, and unto him shall the Gentiles seek, which is a fulfillment of Scripture. That through his name, now get this, whosoever, Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. So in the Old Testament, the Bible says that whether you're Jew or Gentile, anybody, whosoever believeth in him should receive remission of sins. So how were they saved in the Old Testament? Because the Old Testament saints prophesied this, that salvation was going to be simply because you believed on Jesus Christ. No man in the Old Testament, see, was ever saved by the law. Everybody's always saved by grace. And if you're saved by grace, the only way you can have another message, another gospel, is that you have to have one that has works to it. Because if it's free, it's free. The only way you can change a message from being free is you've got to add something to it. It has to be something more than just believe. If it's more than just believe, well, then it's got to be another message. And it's a false message. So he says, believe in him shall receive remission of sin. Now, now notice verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. So here's people that are listening, Gentiles, to a Jew preach the gospel. And they believed what they heard. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when they heard it, it says the Holy Spirit came upon them. And... How do they know that? Well, they did the same thing that the Jews did 
when the Holy Spirit came on them. And what was that? They spoke in languages. So verse 45, and they of the circumcision, which was the Jews, which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. And how many came with Peter? Well, look in chapter 11 and look there in verse 12. But the Spirit, and the Spirit bade me go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. So there were six Jews that had gone along with Peter. They saw this. They heard this. And it says in verse 45 of chapter 10, And they of the circumcision, the Jews, which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues or languages. And they also, they understood what they said. They magnified God. See, a language that you can't understand, you don't know if it magnifies God or curses God. But when you can say it magnified God, they must have understood what was said. So here's Jews listening to Gentiles speaking in another language that they could understand. And lo and behold, that's how they knew. And this was the same thing that happened to the Jews on the day of Pentecost. So it's the same thing. You say, how do you know it's the same thing? Well, chapter 11. It's in chapter 11. Look in verse 14. When he says, whenever, as Peter is rehearsing this later in Jerusalem, to those who inquired, hey, what happened when you went to see those Gentiles? He said, well, this is what happened. Let me tell you. And he goes through the whole story of what we just read in chapter 10. And then he says there in verse um, 14, he says, I heard this. Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. So in other words, a man can be saved by hearing the right words. Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So a man can't be saved unless he hears how to be saved. And that's why we preach the gospel. So he says here in verse 15, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And you ought to underline this portion of scripture. As on us, the Jews, at the beginning. So when was the beginning? The day of Pentecost. See, when you, when you read and study the Bible, you can know when something started. It says this is the beginning. And... Uh, this was the baptism of Jews and Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles. Now, let's take a look over there in the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So now we know when the baptism of the Holy Spirit started. It began on the day of Pentecost. That's why we believe the church began on the day of Pentecost. Now, some believe it started with John the Baptist. Well, I disagree. Some believe he started later on with just the Apostle Paul. I disagree. I believe that when um, the Apostle Paul came along, the foundation was already laid by the Son of God and the Apostles. He says, there is no foundation that can be laid than that which is laid. And that was Jesus Christ. And in the book of Ephesians in chapter 2, it says that uh, we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but we have been built upon this foundation laid by the 
apostle. It's afterwards in the prophets. So it has to go back further than just the apostle Paul. When did it begin? So here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, notice what it says in verse 12. As the body is one, hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Now, I have a body, and this body is 74 years old and getting older every day. So I've got a 74-year-old body. So when did it begin? Two years ago. You wouldn't believe that. I had a day when I was born. I was born and began at a certain time. So, yes, February the 4th, 1942 was the great moment in American history, right? Oh, well, I can believe whatever I want. All right. Look in verse 13. For by one spirit, get this, are we all baptized into one body. Now, this is written to carnal-minded Christians. These Christians were not spiritually minded. I mean, they had a lot of problems in this church, but they were still, once you trusted Christ as Savior, you were baptized by the Holy Spirit. That means to be placed into the body of Christ. That's all it means. You were baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. In other words, like Christ died for me. So it was like I was on the cross, and I was buried, and I rose from the dead, and I ascended into heaven, and I'm set it in the heavenlies. See, because what Christ did, yet yeah, he did that for me. So he did it in my place. So I get credit for it. And so that's when you trust the Lord, you're placed into the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is a spiritual church made up of all people from Pentecost until the rapture. You are part of the body of Christ. Now, in this body, notice what it says. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles. So we know when the first baptism of the Jews took place. We know when the first baptism of the Gentiles took place. And therefore, we have just been added to the body of Christ. So if you trusted Christ as your Savior a year ago, you were added to the body. Somebody trusts the Lord today, they'll be added to the body. And so the body grows. So he says this, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So we all have the Holy Spirit, but do we all do the same thing? No. So not everybody is an apostle. Not everybody is a foot. Not everybody is a heel. And not everybody is a toe. Not everybody is a finger. Not everybody is an ear. Not everybody is an eye. There's different parts in the body. That's why God did not give you all the talents and all the abilities to do everything. God did not design us to do everything. We have to need somebody else. Not everybody can do everything. Now, we got, uh, say, uh, Sandy over here. sandy got a great, beautiful voice. But if she could play the piano and tap dance for us and do everything, well, then we wouldn't need a piano player. But we need a piano player. But uh, everybody's got a different talent and ability. Not everybody can do everything. So God has laid it out this way, and I don't see anything wrong with what God has said. Now, look in 1 Corinthians in chapter 14. Now, he gets into a little bit of the nitty-gritty stuff. In verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 14, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. In other words, the teaching forth of the Word of God is better than having any so-called of these gifts that are going to fade away. Because he says up there in verse 
you know, 8, 9, and 10, that these gifts, these sign gifts, are going to pass away. They were only given for a short period of time. And they were given until the word of God would be complete. So, therefore, these things serve a purpose. And they were given, and it was to confirm the word unto us by them that heard him. And it didn't say we can continue doing these miracles. There's no place in scripture that says that. And so he says these things would cease. Were you ever told that you must confess Christ before men to be saved? Were you warned that if you refused to confess Christ, he would not confess you before the Father? Just what does that mean? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me